it's the Shooty Talk Show! Yeah! Hey guys, today we are talking to Jasmine Wynn, Client Services Specialist for InstaSold and Go Gilbert. Hey Jazz. Hey, how are you? Good. I, actually, I should say AK Jazz Hands because... That's uh, true. You know, I, I know. do have Jazz Hands. <laughs> she does have Jazz Hands. <laughs> and she is um, uh, our office jester, we call her, because she is very funny. Very witty, no pressure, but you got to make us laugh today, right? I'm going to do what I can. Okay. <laughs> Although it is, I guess it's a little more serious subject that we're talking about today, so it might be harder. So um, Jasmine has had quite the journey with IVF, and um, we've been fortunate to kind of be with you through most of it, I feel like, um, you know, kind of your journey, and, and you've shared some things with us, and I think that there's a lot of other people out there who could be. Uh, potentially going through the same thing, sure. um, may have questions about it. So I thought, who better than to talk to than you, who has actually gone through it and has a lot of good info and insight. So yeah, totally. Well, I'm an open book, so whatever whatever you want to know, I'll be happy awesome. to talk about. Um, okay, so you are not old. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> you feel no, but I'm, how old? No, I'm are 26. You? I'll be 27 in September. So. And so you're young mm-hmm. and um, in really good shape. I know that. I've seen Thank your you. <laughs> uh, your pictures on Instagram and yeah. work out all the time. So for me, when we talk about IVF, I think of someone who's maybe older, maybe mm-hmm. not really fit. Um, you know, someone who maybe was later in life in their 40s, mm-hmm. uh, starting a family. So, But that wasn't the case with you, was it? No, it definitely wasn't. Um, we actually started trying when I was 24. And so yeah. I feel like that's super young. Um, and so we started trying and it wasn't happening. And so we actually sought out a few different fertility treatments before seeking IVF. Um, and that was just something with our diagnosis. It's unexplained. And I feel like that's just something you don't really think about or are never told about. So you started trying when you were 24. And mm-hmm. then when did you go, okay, well, something's wrong. Like nothing's happening. Right. Um, so I feel like... I don't, about six months into it, I just had this gut feeling that, you know, it's not happening. Something's got to be off. Um, so I did mention to my OB at that six-month mark, um, you know, we've been trying for a while. It's still not happening. Not sure what's going on. Um, and he kind of did just brush it off. You know, you're young. Yeah. It'll happen. It takes healthy couples up to a year to conceive. Um, and so that was kind of the first step where I was kind of had an inkling that it might not be as easy for us as it had been for some of our friends. Yeah. And so when, um, when did you decide, Hey, we need to do something else? Was it after that year mark or? No. So it was actually still at that six month mark. I was really persistent with my OB. Um, and he had ordered what's called an HSG and it's a hysterosalpingogram. And it's where a doctor puts a catheter into your uterus injects dye um and the dye is supposed to flow out of your fallopian tubes to see if they're open okay um because if you have a blockage the egg obviously can't get through and can't get get attached to the right little tube can't get where it needs to go yeah (laughs) um so we did that and those results did come back normal um my husband he actually had a semen analysis done at that time too to check you know his count the shape the numbers everything they're good swimmers everything was perfect um of course and so we got no answers there and so he did prescribe us three months of clomid which is actually an ovulation inducing drug um so it helps you ovulate if you don't already and then if you do ovulate it helps you with what's called super ovulation which is where you ovulate more than one egg Um, oh okay so it's supposed to increase your chances that way Gotcha. And you yeah. did that mm-hmm. for three months? Three months. Yes. So yeah. three months, 
nothing happened. So we're um, at like, would you say we're at nine months from when you started trying? Yeah, about nine, nine, ten months. Um, still didn't happen. And so, you know, we finished out the year. We just figured we'd try naturally, try, try to do what we could. Um, and then the new year came around, still wasn't happening. And so I actually sought out a reproductive endocrinologist okay. um, from a fertility clinic. And he told us that we were actually ideal candidates for IUI which is intrauterine insemination. So it's Inter, just, so explain what that is. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's basically where, you know, they're monitoring your follicles that you're growing on your ovaries um, throughout the month. And then at the perfect time, they give you what's called a trigger shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, that makes your body ovulate. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they actually uh, take a sample from your husband, a donor, whoever, um, and they actually put it in with a catheter very top of your uterus so it, you know it's where it needs to be you know everything is perfect timing and that is supposed to make it know, happen make it happen <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah that would bypass things like an incompetent cervix or like you know if you have a hostile environment in there <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just not working like it should right um, so we actually did what ended up being four months of IUIs, one of those cycles got canceled, so it ended up being four. We originally planned on only doing three. Um, so three three times where they take basically your husband's sperm and, mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> shoot it up there where it's yep. supposed to go. So three different – so is that probably when you're ovulating or – Yeah. Um, and that's the thing <clears throat> with the trigger shot, too, is that when you give it to yourself, you're supposed to ovulate approximately 36 hours after. So that timing is really nailed down to give you the best odds. Chances, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we were supposed to be really ideal candidates for that. Obviously, it didn't end up working for us, unfortunately. Um, and so, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so three that months was. of that. Mm -hmm. So now we're at nine months, ten, ten, or well, yeah, ten months, and then three months of that. So we're over a year at this point. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think our last IUI was August of last year. And that's when we had found out that our third, fourth IUI had ended up not, not working. working. Mm -hmm. And so then you're, and, and talk about, well, and I, you know, I think about when I was trying to get pregnant for the first time and mm -hmm. took eight months and sure. it was just every time you took that pregnancy test, it was like, forever. oh my gosh. And like just seeing the tears or when you're, you know, you start, mm -hmm. you start your period or whatever. And it's just like, it's devastating. It is right. absolutely devastating. It and is so for sure. um, I just wonder, you know, so I know you were probably having a really hard time just mm -hmm. for that six months and then um finding hope in that IUI is that IUI yeah we, we definitely thought that was going to be the sure thing and like then going the through bed. that three different times <laughs> mm -hmm. like emotionally I know um it had to be really hard yeah very hard especially you know when you're putting all of your eggs into one basket so to speak <laughs> no pun intended and you're right and you really think that that's going to be the answer for you and then to find out you know your last hope before something so drastic as IVF didn't work, it was just kind of like, you know, crap, this is, this is our reality. This is what it is. Yeah. Did you imagine that infertility, you would even be talking about infertility. No. Probably nothing you even. Never. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I knew I had always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. From, you know, the moment I could think about it, I wanted to be a mom. And so, um, but I always had this feeling in the back of my mind, like, Really? I hope nothing's wrong. That was my biggest fear, honestly. Because that and, was kind of what you had all your yeah, hopes set in. Right. And, and for it to come true, it was just kind of like earth shattering, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. And th yeah, that was a very real possibility. I mean, 
that's something that we talked about. You know, if we can't have kids, what other options do we have? You know, how can we make the best of this situation with right. what we were given? Yeah, and, so. and I, I can imagine that'd be really hard on a marriage as well, because mm-hmm. um, you know it's very stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Did um, did adoption ever come into your picture or your mind? Or it did, it did. Um, and we knew if we got to that point, you know, we wanted to exhaust all of our options of having a biological child first. Mm-hmm. I think adoption is absolutely beautiful, and you know, more power to people that do it. But I think. Um, a lot of people, what they don't see with adoption is that it can be just as expensive as infertility treatments or more. Sure. And a lot of the times it, it doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of legalities that go into it and you could get up to the signing the papers and then something comes up and yeah, well, that's true. That's through. Well, that's true. You're mm-hmm. relying on a lot of um, third parties and absolutely existential circumstances. Right. And so that's true. Mm-hmm. So, um, just thinking about the timeline. So it's been at this point, you're over a year and Mm -hmm. then it didn't work. And so with that same doctor, did you talk about, okay, well, what's the next step? We did. Um, I did bring up trying more IUIs after that third one had failed and he kind of, you know, broke it down. Most of the people that are going to get pregnant with IUI are going to get pregnant within those first three cycles. Yeah. And then after that, you know, your chances start to dwindle and we and it's expensive. Of, it, I don't know is. if you pay for per You pay treatment. per cycle, exactly. Yeah. And so we were kind of at the point, like, do we want to keep dumping more money into this when it hasn't worked for us in the past, or do we want to try to seek more advanced treatment? And at that time, we had decided to seek more advanced treatment with IVF. Okay. And Okay, so this is so funny. So I asked you, <laughs> IVF, I'm like, is it internal, <laughs> vaginal right. fermentation. I right. don't know. What, yeah. what is it actually? Because maybe I'm not the only one <laughs> Yeah, doesn't know. I, and that didn't even cross my mind, but IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. So different than the IUI where, um, where, you know, you take the sperm mm-hmm. and then you in, inject it right. <laughs> into you. I'm sure these, all these treatments were super fun too. Oh, how many, how long oh, have yeah. you, how long have your legs been in stirrups? <laughs> I mean, at first it was really awkward, yeah. but now it's, I, I walk into my OB's office like, and it's almost them. awkward that I don't have to undress from the waist down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, it's funny and, and uh, funny, I know I'm digressing, but like when, you know, when you first started working for us and, uh, the story about donating blood and mm-hmm. um, the needles and how afraid you were of ne- like petrified, yeah. like crying, mm-hmm. afraid of needles. Yes. And what now? I mean, <laughs> now like it it's kind of settled down. Um, when we were in the midst of IVF, I think I was getting blood drawn every day or every other mm-hmm. day, you know, bruises up and down my arms from the veins. And yeah, it's it was just, just crazy. You know, and I think I remember nature. saying like, you were so afraid. I'm like, Oh, wait till you become, you know, wait right. till you get pregnant or mm-hmm. cause you're going to get, and, and cause yeah. that's what did it for me. Yep. I mean, it, then you have no choice and right. obviously you're like already a mom. So yeah. then you just like, wait, I'll do whatever it takes. Uh-huh. And so it kind of gets rid of that fear. Huh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I mean, I think it's a little bit back now that yeah. we've kind of oh, settled God. down. Now you're afraid again. But during IVF, I mean, it was just like nothing. New. Poke me, prod yeah. me. Yeah. They'd ask which arm and I would, I doesn't would say even matter. It, it really doesn't matter whichever <laughs> one you prefer. <laughs> so. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you talk to the doctor and mm-hmm. you make an appointment for the IVF. Yeah. So after our last IUI failed in August, we decided we were going to kind of take a break, take the holidays, you know, yeah. chill out with everything. Think um, about something else. Yeah. It, it consumed you, I'm sure. Right. Exactly. For those three, four months, that's all we were thinking about was, you know, is mm. this going to work? It, it consumed our lives. Um, so we did take, we took September, October, November, and most of December to just kind of 
be us again. Yeah. Um, and then we got into IVF at the end of December. Okay. So, and then that was, you know, full swing. We got a big box of injections delivered and it started and it just. So to talk about, so and that's one thing that I mean, I, I had no idea that right. I, injections, like what does mm -hmm. that look like? Um, so the injection, injections, excuse me, that they give you are to, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Basically amp up your um, like ovaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that you can produce as many eggs as possible. Okay. Um, for IUI, they did kind of the same thing. It was just kind of toned down because they didn't want you producing, you know, 30-plus eggs. Have 30 babies. <laughs> when, yeah, when they didn't have as much control over it. So the injections, I did, I think, three a day, um, three or four a day up until our egg retrieval, which was about a week after I started them. Okay. Um, and so, well, I guess kind of taking a step back, um, another procedure that we did to just kind of rule everything out was called an SHG, which is a sono, I have it in my notes, a sono histogram. <laughs> okay. And that's kind of like the first one, but instead of injecting dye, they inject saline into your uterus and use an ultrasound uh, just to make sure there's nothing growing in there that shouldn't be um, so that when they do transfer that everything looks good. Everything Make sure look it's good. healthy and, and everything right. was, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no. Oh. Actually, that's the only thing that they found. Um, they did find polyps in there. Um, Which is pretty normal, right? Or I, I feel like. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure on that. But I did have a surgery to remove the polyps three days before I had my egg okay. surgery I as well. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so I did want to back up and mention that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the egg retrieval... Basically, they put you under, they go in with this big, long needle, and they suck out as many eggs as they can. So they go, like, up through your... Yep. Okay. Up, up, through, <laughs> through, your... up through the canal. <laughs> yeah. With the needle, and the needle, yes. like, sucks out the eggs. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And you're asleep, so you don't feel anything. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that happened. We were actually kind of shocked by our egg retrieval results. We ended up getting 66 eggs. <laughs> And so my ovaries were just going crazy in there. Um, and yeah, so that was really. That, so that was, oh my God. So it's just, it's just crazy. But yeah. I think you, because there's no real answer mm -hmm. through this whole thing. Yeah. It's so just crazy. I guess I'll walk you through what happens after the egg retrieval. Yeah. Um, so once they have all the eggs out, they, they put them with the sperm and see how many fertilize. Um, now ours weren't fertilizing naturally. And so they had to do what's So called... what is this? Let me picture this. So they, yeah. they take out the eggs and then mm -hmm. they, they have the sperm. And then what do they do? They just like stick them in like a dish and be like, do your thing. Like, I don't know. What so are they... I think there's, I think they're all separate. All the eggs are separate. Okay. And then they put a certain amount of sperm in with each egg. I could be totally wrong. Cause I'm yeah, not an embryologist. But your, yeah. But from your, <laughs> from, from experience of yeah. what you, what you've picked up along right. the way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, the eggs are separate and they put the sperm in with the egg and see if it'll fertilize. Um, ours didn't fertilize naturally, so the sperm couldn't get into the egg, and so they did what's called ICSI. So it's I-C-S-I. I can't tell you what it stands for because yeah. I've forgotten. Um, but that's where they manually inject the egg with sperm. So we had 51 of the 66 eggs fertilize, and then I believe 39 made it to... A different stage. An, another stage, right. And then um, 27 or 29 of those made it to um, a blastocyst stage, which is where they freeze everything, 
they biopsy it if they're going to test it, and they send it off for genetic testing, which we did. <laughs> to make sure, and then the genetic mm-hmm. testing to make sure that they're healthy. and Right, to make sure there's no chromosomal abnormalities or anything that they can see at that stage. At that stage, which mm-hmm. is at the very, very beginning. Very beginning, yeah. <laughs> Where there's little itty-bitty bitty cells so yeah that's cool. so mm-hmm. oh my gosh like your knowledge i think has probably gone through the roof with all of this <laughs> more than you probably you probably know more than you actually ever wanted to know yeah exactly absolutely i think i was with you um when we first started looking into infertility treatments i i didn't even know what ivf stood for yeah yeah <laughs> and so yeah to actually go through it and know the steps and everything i think really just was great kind of mind-boggling yeah even still <laughs> for sure okay yeah. so the doctor says, great news. Mm-hmm. We've got um, 29 or 20, 20. I think it's 29 eggs, that, that, 29 embryos. That Like, are you ready to have 29 babies? <laughs> right. <laughs> so they, but, but, but 29 you potentially, because those all went off to genetic testing or no? We sent eight to genetic testing. Okay. So that came mm-hmm. back and they said, okay. All came back normal. Oh. Um, and so we had five boy embryos and three girl embryos. Okay. Um, some people opt not to know, but I don't like surprises. So yes, I had no, to know. you don't. So, so they would tell you. So you, they didn't have to tell you. But you said, okay. So it, yeah. that just is mind boggling that you can tell the sex of it. Mm-hmm. At, so of the, the baby sex at, is actually determined when it fertilizes. Immediately. Right, right then and there. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I thought that was kind of a kind of an interesting fact that is an interesting fact mm-hmm. something you wouldn't even think about you'd think it would the baby would have to be like forming and right. you know like all mm-hmm. of a sudden like oh look there's a there's a penis yeah exactly. <laughs> miraculously it just popped out yep exactly. but no that's so crazy mm-hmm. that that's so soon yeah so then how did that the next conversation was like okay like when are we doing this yeah so our egg retrieval was in january um and we actually ended up transferring in february um, of 2020. So wait, say that again. It was in January and mm-hmm. then, and then the Feb- transfer was in February. Um, and so a big decision leading up to the transfer was, are we going to do one embryo or are we going to do two embryos? Yeah. Because there's um, a chance just because they're, they're good, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the lab, I guess, yeah. uh, but they may not necessarily survive once they're implanted. Right. Absolutely. That's yeah. A- there's, I think that might be a really big misconception with IVF is like, okay, well, everything's perfect in this lab. All we have to do is put it in and boom, you're going to be pregnant. Right. But a lot of times it it doesn't work out that way and there could be no explanation for it. And I mean, you either. It either takes or not. Well, yeah, exactly. There's um, no guarantee, I guess. And I think that's a a good thing to point out because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people and Mm -hmm. I know people for sure who have gone through IVF and it wasn't successful. Right. And multiple times, right? Right. It's just, exactly. if they might have, um, you know, they might have done everything that you did up until that mm-hmm. point, And then for some reason, once they get transferred, they, the, they just don't. It just doesn't work. It yeah. just doesn't work. And there's also instances where, you know, they go through the whole egg retrieval process and they get one or two embryos. And yeah. so they transfer and it doesn't work and you have to start that whole, whole process, process over again. Which is devastating <laughs> yeah devastating and, mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. like on your body too think about like well, yeah. when you're putting your body through a lot I would mentally think. physically financially I, I mean the list really it goes on and on oh, right <laughs> so yeah um we ended up deciding to transfer to embryos yeah a lot of clinics don't like to transfer to but our ours was for it um so, so why do they not just because the risk of multiples is a lot higher oh um, than a single yeah exactly so I think another misconception is that when you transfer two, your chances of getting pregnant are higher, um, either oh. with one or with two. And that's, that's not the case. The chances are actually like 
pretty similar to if you transferred one. Oh. But the chance of having multiples is a lot higher. So that's so, interesting. So mm-hmm. I was thinking like it made sense when you were going when you were going through it that um, there's two. So my thought was, mm-hmm. well, yeah, because you know you've gone right. through so much, your chances would be higher. But you're saying that's not necessarily no. Just the chances of multiples being higher increases at that point. At that point. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me about when you found out that you were pregnant. <laughs> so I was actually. Um, it was four days after we had transferred, so really, really early. Um, I had started testing at three days because, again, I don't like surprises, so I wanted to know immediately. (laughs) Um, And I was actually, I had tested at about 5 o'clock that morning, and I didn't see anything, so I... Well, uh, you, you know, when you're testing, you're talking just like a little pee, like clear yeah. blue or whatever. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't even waste my money on the expensive stuff. Oh, I, <laughs> I was got buying the, the strips from Amazon <laughs> in bulk. <laughs> I didn't know they even sold those. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, me neither till now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I tested about five o'clock that morning. I didn't see a line. And um, so I just figured, you know, I'll test later that night and it'll be fine. Were you nervous? Like, oh crap. Yeah. I, I, I thought it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but I was actually running, I was getting ready to go show a house for another agent on our team. Yeah. And so, you know, it was about nine 30, I think that morning, right before I was about to leave. And I said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to take another test. And pee again. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. And I looked at it and I had to like rub my eyes for a second because I swore there was another line. Like a faint. It was yeah, faint. very, like barely can see it. And so I held up the test that I took earlier that morning to just compare them. <laughs> oh and gosh. it was like, it was there. And so, I mean, I started crying. Oh and my yelling and whatever. Like what? I yeah, know. I'm it was, cry. I mean, the first positive test that I've seen in over two years yeah. since we had been trying. So it was just kind of surreal. Yeah. To finally see two lines. What did you call Zach right away? I didn't actually. No, no I FaceTimed my uh, <laughs> best friend Haley in Maine, <laughs> and I told her. But um, yeah, I did, I did tell Zach later that night. Oh, I'd always wanted to do like a big reveal. Yeah, but it, it wasn't a huge thing. Yeah, I just funny. I just got the little balloon letters and put "Hey Dad" on our Aww. bathroom mirror, and then showed him the test. So oh my gosh. I, I'm not crying now. I know. Oh, like, oh <laughs> Put together. I'm, like, I'm actually a little upset that I wasn't the first one you told, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a FaceTime too. I did get a FaceTime you too. Did. Yeah, we were gone, which I appreciated. Okay, mm-hmm. so what advice would you give to um, others in this journey? Um, I would, I would honestly say, um, so at the beginning of our journey, it was kind of awkward to tell people and like lean into that support group. But I would say find your people and really like lean into them hard because it's hard going through this and you really don't want to go through it alone. Um, and so I would just say find a support group. Lean into them. Talk about it if if that's what you feel comfortable doing. Um, I'd also say give yourself a lot of grace. Yeah. Because going through this, I started to really like beat yourself up. Yeah, I, you know, my body can't do anything right. Why uh-huh. is it working? You know. Why me? Yeah, the why me? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd also say advocate for yourself. Yeah. So the first OB I went to, he just kind of brushed it off, but deep down I knew something, something was, was wrong. wrong. So I'm glad that we. We, uh, you listen to yourself, you listen yeah. to your body and right. I hear that so many, you know, people going through so many different things. Like mm-hmm. if you know yourself better than any other doctor exactly. on the planet. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that we did seek out additional treatment or else we wouldn't be, be here. Yes. And I know what you're saying when you find out you're pregnant, but you mm-hmm. just so everybody knows you are pregnant with pregnant with twins. twins. Yeah. Both embryos decided to stick around. So a boy and a girl, boy and a girl do in well, November technically, but we're thinking October. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. 
And so, yeah, I would just, you know, the last piece of advice would just be to remind yourself, you know, that every day that you're fighting through the infertility and trying to get pregnant and everything is just one day closer to either, you know, a child from adoption or surrogacy or whatever, or to your miracle baby. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this journey. Of course. I just love and adore you, and I cannot wait to meet your your sweet babies. And um, you guys, thanks for thanks for tuning in. And like Jazz said, reach out, find your people. Yeah. I think it's super important Absolutely. when you're going through through any stressful situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't definitely. do it alone. No. Never be alone. Never. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Shooty Show. We hope you enjoyed this content. If you or someone you know is interested in buying or selling a home, give us a call at 480-201-9593. We would love the opportunity to work with you and knock your socks off. If you like this show and want to hear more, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and also be sure to leave us a review. It makes a big difference so more people like you can find our show. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.